TJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. If you haven't seen that Joe Cravens video, a listener just uh, tweeted it. Tweeted it out. It's uh, He tagged my account with it. I can retweet it. You can find it. It's at the Weber State account. And he tweeted it at Damian Lillard, too. All right, we're going to talk with uh, David Locke here in a minute, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier this morning, PK, but we can catch our uh, listeners up on this. The uh, Gordon's got a uh, story out, and I saw the tweet. I haven't read the story, but saying the coaches know. They're spinning it. They're lying to us. They know they're starting quarterbacks. Yeah, and that all done. goes along the lines of how many Division I quarter, uh, programs do we have? How many high school programs do we have? I don't, I don't think that's unusual. Everybody thinks they're going to get an edge by fooling the other team. I don't think that's it. Really? No. Then why not? Why not just say this is the guy? Why? Yeah, I mean, why? Why cut off competition when you don't need to? Everybody knows the backup quarterback doesn't know? Or he thinks he's close, so even if he's behind, he could catch up? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you don't think that, hey, I got two weeks to show my stuff before the first game, and I'm going to come out fired up, then I don't want you in my program. I think with kids transferring, there's no point in announcing stuff either because it just makes them more likely to transfer. And granted, a lot of kids are going to transfer anyway. Yeah, but I don't know that now's the time to transfer because the, the, whole, the whole idea of where you have to be in residency for years out the window now. You right. don't. So yeah. that doesn't that doesn't play into it anymore. And if you're especially for a quarterback, how are you going to go to a new program and play this year? Better to stay well, as the backup and maybe play because of the injury. Because if you didn't yeah. transfer like the Finnegan kids, kids didn't ineligible. transfer, right? Yeah. So you had to do it by July. So stay. Yeah. And maybe you get to play as a backup because yeah. there's an injury so the, in front of you. I don't think the transfer thing is applies an anymore. Issue anymore. That to was, every single kid. Yeah. To some of them. But if we start listing all the stuff that coaches told us that weren't true. We would <laughs> burn be. down every forest. <laughs> Nobody prints anything anymore, so that's an outdated reference. We'd be here uh, all day. Yeah. And all night. So that's not anything. That's more of a man, uh, dog bites man there. Sure, I agree with that. But, of course, uh, they're not going to tell us who is going to be the starting tight end. But the thing about the tight ends is they'll multiple play, whereas quarterback is the one position where it's one dude. And you hope that he takes all the snaps. And if he doesn't take all the snaps, it's because you put him in the backup because it's a blowout in your favor. So, I mean, nothing against that, but that's sort of obvious. Of course they know. They've been, they're there every day. They chart everything 5,000 times over. So it's, yes, yes, they know. They're well aware of what's going on. And... I don't. I don't think they have to tell us. Well, what difference does it make? It's fun to know. It energizes fans. To you and I, it doesn't make any difference. Tell me. Don't tell me. Yeah. You can't hide it on game day anyway. Right. And there's no guarantee it'll last more than 14 plays on game day, even after you decide. But that—that's like saying, uh, you know, sweetheart. Uh, uh, do I look good in this dress? I mean, everybody <laughs> plays this game. This yeah. is not unique to coaches. You know, how did this dinner taste? It was awful. Who's going to say that? <laughs> Somebody wants to go live outdoors. Yeah, so, 
really, it, it crosses all spectrums of life. You know, one time we went back, Utah played Chicago State back there, and they had a jazz band performing underneath the basket. It's the only thing I can remember about that game. <laughs> and after the game, and they sucked. They've sucked for years. And after the game, after the game, the sport, uh, I think it was the sports information guy asked Bruce Woodbury, the sports information guy for Utah, man, what'd you think about a team? Uh, yeah, you have some nice guards. <laughs> I did see Lavelle just lie through his teeth once after the Motor City Bowl. What do you think about bowl game here in Detroit? Oh, I think they do a great job. Yeah. I think it's outstanding. Like, nobody wanted to fly to Detroit for a game on December 26th. <laughs> they were probably there earlier, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they were. They were there for Christmas. They were there earlier. And could you play this game on December 30th so we could come in on the 26th and have Christmas at home? Or the 23rd. Bowl game in, yeah, or the 23rd, like Vegas. Yeah, bowl game in Detroit, not, I've been to bowl games in San Diego, they were better. Who's going to say that? Not Lavelle. He said, it's great, they're doing a fine job. Well, in in two weeks from now, I'm going to write that, yeah, they, the coaches, they knew. Since Gordon copied me, I'm going to copy him. (laughs) David Locke joins us now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David Locke brought to you every week by the Murdoch Auto Group. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So, TK, yeah, TK. I'm at a golf place that is a. I'm not in Utah. Um, that is a swing speed center. Oh, really? Fascinating. Yeah, pretty fascinating. Like Arden's picked up seven miles an hour on her ball speed in 40 minutes. Wow, and you're just, kidding! And just, and just went to ten. Just had three swings where her ball speeds up 10 miles an hour in 40 minutes. And so what do they in, uh, indicate that that would be in terms of uh, added distance? Because swing speed is uh, where it's two, about. Two, uh, balls, so we're doing ball speed, not swing speed on, on her, just because of her swing and the way she swings. Ball speed is more important. So it's about, it's close to two yards per mile per hour. Nice. Two yards oh. for every mile an hour? Of ball speed, yeah. So if you pick up seven. So she, was at two, she was at 225 and she's close. She's verging on 250 right now. Wow, uh, she running around high five and every people, uh, high five and uh, everybody. She's, she's she's quite honestly not to reveal all family secrets on the air. She's had a really tough week, so this is good. I was playing with a kid who uh, went Park City High School and works at a club up there in that area, and we were talking. I said, "Oh, I know somebody. Uh, he's got a daughter. Oh, yeah." And he couldn't quite pronounce the full name. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I said, "Oh yeah, yeah." Do you know who it was? Oh, I don't. I forget his name. Uh, he was a tall, skinny kid. And uh, really tall, like six four, six five. I would say well over six feet. Yeah. Going going to Dartmouth. I don't know about that, he, but he uh, were, he yeah. wasn't a he he played uh, all sports at Park City High. Graduated like. Oh, uh, that's not. No, no. no not in fact, I think he was going to Utah yeah. State. Yeah. Now that okay. I think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, not who I was thinking about. Yeah. How about this one? Poor, how about, you want a crazy COVID story? So there's a kid we know really well. Great kid. I mean, fabulous kid. Like, we all, like, just, you know, world-class kid. So he gets 
good golfer, gets Dartmouth, Ivy League school, says, we'll have you. So he gets into Dartmouth. He's going to Dartmouth to play golf. They cancel golf during COVID. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. how's that for a heartbreaker? Right. right? Totally. Like, ooh. Yeah. I think they might be reinstating it, so he's trying to figure out what he's doing. But like, hope so. Still, I don't. You know, like talk about knocking off like every life dream you've ever had: Ivy League school and golf, and da, 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 and then oh, by the way, that's gone. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pretty rough lesson at eighteen years old. I agree. So while you seem to be in quite the good mood, LeBron James is not in a good mood. A poll of ten. Uh, executives, coaches, you know, people with some NBA tie, and the votes for best player in the league get split between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. Hardly outrageous, but LeBron is upset by this. Now, his Lakers were picked to go back to the NBA Finals. So there is that. Do you make much of that, or is this just Michael Jordan finding a way to motivate himself? Yeah, I mean, I think this is LeBron at 36 trying to find another way to motivate him, and it's an interesting question, like, so... And I don't even, like, it's interesting, like, I'd ask that question, I think I'd be, like, if you just, like, ask me right now who's the best player in the NBA, and obviously everyone's going to do their off-season rankings, and they're super fun to do. Like, it's such a complicated question because of LeBron's age, right? So, you know, you're at 36, I think is what he is now, and so is he my best player in the league for 82 games? Probably not. Is he the best player in the league for a seven-game series? Probably not. Is he the best player of the game for like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter of a 90-90 game? Yeah, I'm still going LeBron, right? Like, I think. Um, so, I mean, Giannis really, that was remarkable. I really almost want to kind of go back and re-watch that series the more I kind of have, like, I don't know. I almost feel like while it was going. I mean, the playoffs this year were just so incredible with Durant's foot on the line and holiday steal. I mean, I'm going to take this in a different direction now, but like I was actually kind of going through some stuff the other day. Cause I think Milwaukee's really interesting in that one that Chris Middleton is like their second best player. That kind of defies all logic we have in the NBA that that can be your second best player and, and win a championship. And so I've been kind of trying to walk through what they've done. It's pretty fascinating, right? Like, you go back and look, in the year they got beat by Toronto They two years ago, they're like play a double overtime game three in that playoff series, up two games to none in Toronto. Like, well, I haven't gone back to rewatch it. I probably will just try to find it somewhere because I'm curious. But it seems to me if you're playing a double overtime game, you probably had five chances to win that game, right? Maybe six? Like, so... Like that, the difference between them, like winning the title two years ago, is probably this double overtime game against Toronto. And the difference this year is Kevin Durant's foot being like on the line for a three, right? Like it's kind of amazing. So I guess trying to take it back to the sorry, that's just kind of where I was basketball wise. But when you take it back to this question about like who's the best player, like, well, if Giannis had won it, if won that double overtime game and maybe he wasn't ready and so he wasn't the best player in the league. But if he'd done it then, like, we'd be saying that Giannis is the best player in the NBA for three years now, right? Like, it's pretty interesting. Like, Kawhi's been talking about as the best player in the league, but that's because of that double overtime game went Toronto's way and then they somehow won three more and then that ball bounced in. I would suspect, based on summer league, guards like Forrest would do well. And so, to me, watching him play in the summer league was about what I expected uh, but I didn't know what to expect from Azubuke, and I thought he had stretches of defensive dominance. Do I read into it? Is there anything there? 
Um, I kind of hate summer league for these purposes. Um, so with that caveat, now let's hold the discussion just because I feel like I've made more mistakes in every stage of my like 25 years in the NBA of evaluating people by watching summer league and like my greatest, it goes all the way back to like the jazz giving David Benoit a big contract as he dominated summer league. Like, come on, like no crap. Um, and it goes back to, I remember watching a summer league game. We played like Washington in Vegas and it was like Trey Lyles and Kelly Oubre decided to put on a one-on-one show for each against each other. And it was like, this is the biggest waste of time I've ever seen because neither of these guys should ever do this in the NBA. So what's the point of having him do it here? The actual point is that both these guys need to learn how to play with teammates, not to be selfish. So I just, I'm not the biggest believer in summer league. I'm sure scouts see a lot out of it and I just not good enough to get it. With that said, in regards to Azabuke, I mean, I think it's important in that he was dominant and he, he really can run and you saw all the skills. What I can't tell is, like, let's go back to the Jazz playoff series against Memphis. Like, Valanciunas is really, really good and he'll make New Orleans better, but he can't move laterally at all. And so Donovan would take him on the pick and roll, and if he's backpedaling in drop coverage, Donovan just – torched him like if you go back and look at the numbers and they were actually there in the regular season two of like donovan taking roll on valanchunas he just kills him because he's got a wiggle and valanchunas has none there wasn't a single guard that the jazz played in summer league and maybe emmanuel quickly was like the only guard in summer league that was actually good enough or maybe jalen green um to, to test Azabuke in that manner, right? So, like, all the defensive stuff looks great, but, like, I want to see an NBA guard coming at him to be able to tell whether or not that size and that, that, that length can have the same impact. And then, you know, his weaknesses are that he's not a great defensive rebounder, partially because I just don't think he's a great defensive rebounder, and two, because he's trying to block every shot. Well, like, Summer League doesn't really expose that. Like, his wanting to block every shot, like, he actually reminds me of Hassan Whiteside in his opening years where, like, Hassan Whiteside, I think, blocked, like, four shots one year and, like, had the worst defense, a terrible defensive rating. Because, sure, he blocked four shots, but there were 13 others where they just, like, he overplayed and they either got an offensive rebound or they got a basket because he overplayed. So he's going to have to change the way he plays that because in the NBA, if you try to block every shot, they'll just kill you. David Long, the NBA is like here's the thing we got to understand, and this is my summer. This is really what I should have said about summer league instead of like that silly line about it. The league is so awesome. I mean, so awesome. And there's a bunch of things that are actually happening in the league that I think are transformational on who wins titles and things of like that because the league's so awesome right now. So when you think of the eight players that impact an NBA game, and maybe you know, and I mean four on each side, and so maybe it's ten compared to the guys that are playing summer league, like, come on, like, it's just like, stop, right? Like, it's absurd how great the guys in the league are. So I think we have to really realize, and particularly in a league that just hasn't expanded forever, while having a massive international explosion, while having the most popular players in the world, and Michael and Kobe and LeBron, most popular athletes other than soccer players, like, and so if you're 6'4 and an athlete, you're playing the NBA for the last 20 years, and you can be in any country in the world now, and we haven't expanded in that time. Like, the league is stupid great right now, talent-wise. And so when you're 
showing it against what is the 15th guy on a t- like Trent Four is one of the best players. Like he's a two way contract guy, right? Yeah. Like he's not. He's like three versions removed from being one of those eight guys. Maybe four versions removed. So I just think it's really hard to evaluate and get excited about summer league play. Dale? I think we should talk about Brian Bailey and what a great job he did coaching the team. How's that? I agree. I do. I thought Brian Bailey was awesome. He's a great guy. We, we don't talk about him. We talk about all the other assistants. He's kind of the lost assistant in there. He's out of the G League. He's a crazy Ooh. great story. He went to Bucknell University, played, and then they were recruiting another guy on his team and to go play in Europe. And then he actually got the gig, and, or they actually saw him play, and I think he ended up playing like seven years in Europe. And then he came back and like did what you're supposed to do. He went to the G League, worked for the Stars, and working his way up. Now as an assistant coach. Like this is. Yeah, and I mean, then they I carried him like off a- the field, and the crowd chanted, Brian, Brian, Brian. Brian. Right. And the name of the movie is The Lost Assistant. I love it. Right. I like it. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, in this day and age of, like, guys, that was awesome, PK. That was awesome. <laughs> so, Brian, Brian Bailey is my Trent Forrest. Okay. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us here. David, as always, we appreciate it. His visit brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. And, David, we'll talk to you again down the road. Okay. Brian. 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 The Lost Assistant. That's a beautiful title, too. I love it. See you, guys. That and the quiet radio host. <laughs> the five-second rule, dude. Mm-hmm. You violated it twice. It's your own fault. I did. I, did. I tried to inbound the ball with four seconds. <laughs> yep. You got to have the five count. Let him think one more thought. <laughs> That's the challenge. I don't pay attention to any of the content. <laughs> I just... Do I okay, get here comes a pause. Yeah. <laughs> no, not a pause. <laughs> because if it is something that I can do and he's done and we don't talk to each other, that's a winning interview. There it is. <laughs> when we come back, everything you missed in this show next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. My friend Christian Cox, former Ute. Do you have an idea as to what to expect from the Utes coming up? I'm on the road a lot. It's funny. I run into my former coaches and teammates in the airport. I'm not going to reveal their names. I've talked to a bunch of them. But there's an excitement around this quarterback position that hasn't been there in a while. Obviously, this transfer in Brewer, he wouldn't transfer up if he didn't know he had a real opportunity to lead this team. And I think there's some things that they can do in this offense they've not been able to do since the Brian Johnson era. I think the sky's the limit. Tell me a time when Utah's really had a quarterback that's really delivered in a while. So that's what gets me excited. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I think you guys don't quite know how good this kid is. I think he is super rare. I think you just, I think he's like a young Dan Marino. And for people, you know, that are a little bit older who saw Marino when he came out in the eighties, people forget like Marino was the guy in the eighties, and then it morphed into Montana and winning all the Super Bowl stuff. But it was like you know how Rogers has all the talent stuff, right? And Brady's like Montana, and then Elway came on, right? I just think that Zach has rare ability, and that literally I've watched him in his first preseason game and like maybe four other plays. But I can see certain things. And he has a couple of special traits that God doesn't give those gifts to very many people. And 
I think uh, without knowing him, but uh, you know, if he's like uh, what I think he is—a hard worker and cares and loves the sport. The ceiling is crazy high for this kid. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, crazy levels, which is saying a lot. Tony Romo, Tony, <laughs> pumping up Zach Wilson. So we got Brady, Elway, Marino, uh, Montana, Mahomes. Are you missing anybody that actually played football quarterback during Tony's life? <laughs> well, Marino was, the, Marino was the guy, and then Montana. I think Joe Montana fans would tell you that Joe won a Super Bowl while Marino was still in college. So, Well, but nevertheless, but yeah. just the fact that he mentions, mentions these him, guys. Yeah. It, Did he throw Aikman in there? No. The only thing he omitted was Steve Young for the locals. There it was. And I'm going to go on record that's saying... Zach Wilson is going to be the best BYU quarterback in the NFL ever to throw right-handed. Nice. <laughs> Mark Wilson, hands on hips, staring you well, down. Well, I think it would be Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon, hands on hips, well, staring you down. The two things about McMahon, though, is injuries and a dominant defense. And that's the thing about, you know, Winningham takes a big hit. Well, look at his defenses every year. Why wouldn't you do that? Well, I mean, the obvious line would be because it hasn't won the Pac-12 title yet. And they're yeah, going to have to open it up Cal, during the Pac-12 In his title. lifetime, Cal. Oh, yeah, Arizona. List, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> two times in 40-some years for the Devils. So it's not like, you know, we're Oregon here or SC. You're University of Utah, and you've been one game away twice in the first nine years. I want what I want, and I want it now. Oh, let's have some perspective. Before the league breaks up. Which it might. No, actually, it's not going to break up. What? It's People going... are knocking on their door. Well, it's the same thing as knocking on Heaven's door. Knock, My knock. My Pac-12. Knocking on Klyavkov's door. <laughs> so there's a story in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Yes. They got some time with him. Mark Anderson wrote it. I've known Mark for years. <clears throat> and uh, so he had, and obviously. Is Mark the guy who dropped the line in the press box? So this is what a full stadium looks like. <laughs> BYU was in the first Vegas Bowl. Yes. And it was, everybody laughed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because uh, he's been covering UNLV games. With Sammy Boyd Stadium. 11,000 people geez, rattling around. How's it going to be in the new football stadium? Yikes. It's a little bit bigger. It doesn't really work well for colleges playing in NFL stadiums. There's, this is not, it's not a great track record, but go ahead. Uh, so he has a, a conversation. He has an interview with him. And, and, Klyovkov's coming from MGM, so I'm sure there's a relationship there based in Vegas and so forth. Mm-hmm. And the Review Journal is a you know big influential, influential paper there. And, he, and they're going to be going to him, pumping up the Pac-12 no football and basketball championship yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. And so they've got basketball relations. Tournament. Yeah. And so first question he asks uh, Klyovkov uh, is about uh, realignment and its impact. And he says... Uh, the, paraphrasing that we're not poaching anybody, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't listening, right? And he says, we've taken initial meetings with everyone that has expressed an interest. We have a working group who are together deciding on what to recommend. At the end of the day, they'll make a decision about whether to uh, admit schools. I lost it. But, okay, here it is. Uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't listening to schools that wanted to be in the Pac-12 and we've had a lot of them reach out, probably all the ones you would expect, and several you'd be surprised by. 
Okay, so if you ask me who I suspect well, wants in the Pac-12, the remaining the eight. Of course, that's obviously. obvious. Yeah. Everybody from the Mountain West wants in. The obvious. Right. So that's who I expect. Of course. But several you'd be surprised by? Somebody wants to leave the Big Ten? Now, you've heard many times, Not we buying. want Bama. Nick's saying, <laughs> fine, you'll get us. Mississippi and Mississippi State want out. We can't compete in this division. No, Bama itself. We're coming west. It's where we go get our quarterbacks. So you think it's somebody from the SEC, somebody from the Big Ten? Or it's yes. Central Florida and South Florida, we don't expect them because of geography. No, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be surprised by that. There's no such thing as geography anymore to an extent. The Boise and the Aztecs were ahead of their time wanting to go to the Big East. Now it doesn't matter. Visionaries. You just get on that Concord. You're there. <laughs> the Concord. Yeah, like an hour and a half now. Uh, I would think exactly. I don't know about SEC. Big 10 but ACC. Big 10. Big 10 for sure. Because you're going all the way west to Nebraska. And it used to be Colorado. Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota is the western edge of that league. Colorado's the eastern edge. Not that far away. Right. Right. You just keep playing Colorado all the time. But if you're leaving the Big Ten, you're leaving more money for less money. So you're right. that That would surprise us. Yeah, but that that is just is how much is that due to when your contract is up? It's like so and so player XYZ's got the biggest contract. Well, that's because next year XYZ is yes. going to be absolutely so right. It's, it's yeah. just timing on that. Yeah, it is. They did the next guy who comes up gets more money, and the right. guy the year after that, and that's true in the NBA, and it's true in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know what Otani's making, but whenever he's up, but for the a Big Ten's far enough ahead. I don't know that the. Pac-12 is going to catch them. Okay, but who's it going to be? Because the SEC is even bigger ahead. The the ACC, because that's a league that the Pac-12 could catch under your theory of, hey, you've got time to jump them, especially because we're talking about how they're signed up into the middle of the next decade. That's a long ways away, man. It is. You would go the other way. You'd go all the way around the world to get to SC. You wouldn't go left. You'd go right. Travel. See, You see what I'm doing there? I do. I see. Instead of going counterclockwise, you'd go... Clockwise to get there. It'd be safer. Layover in Japan. Uh, several you'd be surprised. Not one. Several you'd be surprised by. So who wants to bolt a Power 5 conference? That shoots my antennas up. Maybe the Jets? <laughs> <laughs> we can't beat these NFL teams. Who can we beat? Well, the Big Ten? I don't know. I was watching them. They're pretty tough. I mean, you only got to worry about the Devils like once every five years. <laughs> right? So who in the ACC? Notre Dame wants in. Well, then you take Notre Dame. <laughs> what are you having a conversation for? You don't have, yeah, you don't need a committee. Should we let Notre Dame in? Yeah. <laughs> they'd, if you said no, you'd be so bad, they'd fire you and bring back Larry Scott. Even Larry Scott would have gotten this right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's an intriguing, eye-catching statement. Several have reached out, probably all the ones you would expect, and several you'd be surprised by. Well, if anyone from the SEC, the Big Ten, or the ACC reached out, I would be surprised. So then I guess the assumption is, yeah, everybody else would want in. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, so you're the, not the American, be surprised by the American it. Athletic, the remaining eight, the Mountain West—they all went in. Okay, so who you're not going to be surprised so by I'm, that? So, so out of the, I, I would be surprised by any of the other three Power Fives. Well, that's who it's got to be. So, so I would say, right? So redrawing the line that I had in my mind until I heard this quote: schools that uh, aren't competitive in those leagues think they're going to be left behind if there's some kind of merger or move and are trying to build a relationship now? What would the motivation be? If you're going to take less money, you're going to have more of a chance to win, so that's going to elevate your program? I don't know. I can't see where they would be that much more competitive and the financial advantages would be that much better combined with all the travel logistics and yeah. whatnot and all the stuff. He's spinning and it's not true. Oh, so he's lying? Yeah. He's like Kalani and Kyle? On <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback? Fresh as a Gordon Monson headline. <laughs> or tweet or whatever it was. You liars. Liars. He is increasing the value and perception of his league. I don't have to tell him who, so I'll just... Uh... Yeah, but people are going to see that, and they're going to know. The people in the know are going to know. Well, the league's going to start looking around, or Ohio State Michigan going to look around like, who among you would have... Rutgers? Nebraska? Did you call George? By George? No. I think... We make way more money here. So Why would we do that? It's not by George. It's lie George is what you're telling me. Or he's misread us and who we would be surprised by. Maybe he thinks that uh, the remaining eight are sticking together and nobody would call them, and so that's surprising. Oh, so we'd be shocked if Hawaii and San Jose State called? No. <laughs> UNLV right Every, there. Everybody in the Mountain West. Hey, George, West. throw us a bone. Everybody in the Mountain West react to an invitation the way you just said the Pac-12 should react to Notre Dame. You drop everything and you sprint. Yeah, they would, obviously. Yeah. Well, the possible exception, I guess, of Air Force. They have a different mission. Even they should sprint. <laughs> yeah, but there was talk about them with the Big 12, and they, they sort of poo-pooed it. I mean, and they do have a different mission, there's no doubt, obviously. But it caught my eye, man. Yeah. Well, give me a theory. I mean, I'm throwing them out, and you're shooting them down. I think it's somebody from the Big 10. Nebraska. Lincoln back up with Colorado. Yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln. A-O. <laughs> I mean, you were just in Nebraska. Did, I was. Did you hear anything? I drove through Lincoln. Well, then, dude, what were you doing, man? Do some work while you're there. Holy freak. Yeah. You could have probably got with Tom Osborne. He knows what's going on. <laughs> Trev Alberts, where are you? I want to talk. Trev, I used to watch you on TV. You got some time for me? How about Bob Devaney? You probably could have got with Bob him. Bob Devaney, is he alive? Well, the, the uh, next of kin. Introduce him to your kinfolk, as Sam Hunt sings. Nebraska and Iowa to the Pac-12. Ready? Go. You know, nothing is impossible now. Nothing would blow me away in terms of, wow, that was a shocker. I mean, as uh, Oklahoma, Texas, it's not a shocker. Mm, no. 
No. It, you, it's you earth-shaking, see, but it's not a shocker. You can. It's it's huge news. Yeah. But as soon as you say, well, why would they do that? Well, they get more money, and the SEC is making major inroads in Texas recruiting. And those two programs need Texas recruits to succeed, so why not be in the SEC? You'll get more players right. and you'll get we'll more money. Right, we'll go to Florida and we'll start getting your guys. Yeah. And, and you're will. a Florida quarterback and Oklahoma comes calling. You'll you're listen. going to say no? No, you're listening. You're listening. Oh, obviously you're listening. They, they just that. had number one picks left and right, and they're saying this Rattler kid yeah. from uh, Phoenix area he's, he's on the same track. is going to be number one this year. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be the, the literal number one, but they're saying he's the number one quarterback. And he very well could be both, a la Trevor Lawrence. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback coming up. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. We talk a lot of conference realignment, and we have done that here uh, this morning. Uh, and Michael tweets at us, Hey, you guys got to get Nicole Auerbach on to discuss this. People are fascinated by this. Well, where is this going? There's got to be more meat to it. Are the top half of leagues... Okay, but any, any talk of this alliance is to forestall, forestall the thought that the top half of one league and the top half of another league will break away and they'll form some gigantic conference with two divisions and you know minimize travel by just playing inside your division and all the other sports. But for football, you'll have this gigantic conference. And if that happens in the Pac-12, if USC goes, UCLA goes with them. The California schools stick together, and Oregon and Washington have the biggest brands. There's six teams. Are they taking eight? Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. Well, in that interview that I had uh, up with the Review Journal from uh, Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, he was saying that he didn't necessarily see much difference between now and five years from now. Now, he did say 15-20, potentially another story. So In 15 I, to 20 years, the economics will be different. Yeah, in five years, the TV deal will still be based on broadcast networks. In 15 to 20 years, streaming, everything can be different. Streaming my life away. Yeah. Well, streaming... Will change dramatically. Yak, you let us know in 20 years how it's going. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know what PK and I'll be doing. Hey, uh, Maybe PK. pushing up daisies, but we won't be doing Remember this show. Remember that one time you told me to check back in with you? Yeah. PK, can hard. you believe that we are sitting here in year 40 and the Pac-12 has just broken up? Uh, I can't believe it. Well, I, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> worst, worst ways to be, though. But... Uh, I don't think they'll allow me to be here in 20 years, but uh, it's going to be massive changes, and that's the funny thing. I've spoken with guys. Uh, Although it, it, it's true, they, for, they think forever. it too. Yeah, it, but it's been true forever. If you look, there was there was realignment and leagues coming and going. Utah and BYU are in leagues that were yeah. okay at the adding, college level. I'll give you professional, not as much. No, but but at the college, level, these conferences have been constantly forming, reforming, breaking up, reforming again. Uh, to an extent, but I mean, in 45 years, the Pac-12 only did one thing. Yeah, that was a good run. But they had that thing in the late 50s, early 60s, and they broke up, and they were a four-team league for a while. And you can go back further and find Idaho and Montana were in the league. What? <laughs> yeah, but they, okay, that seems like it might as well have been in another world. Sure. But for a good chunk of most of our listeners' lifetime, it was the Pac-10.
so what was that thirty two years? What thirty two year run? And the Arizona schools followed fifteen years of nothing happening. What are you talking about? I don't follow you. From seventy eight to twenty ten, right when they expanded. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, right. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And they reformed. They had the blow up, which I don't fully understand. Late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. The Association of Western Universities or whatever. You can look it up. But if technology is going to change and how money is distributed is going to change, then it stands to reason conference affiliation could easily change. And see, doesn't though, and I agree with you, doesn't it dictate every university for itself? Possibly, I was going to say California some, schools to a degree. I was going to say some schools. But this is a private school; they don't answer to anybody. I get it. Some schools may be paired up, but I have a hard time going beyond that. Even the California schools could break up. Well, I don't think they will. They're paired up if it's in their best interest to be paired up, right? And that's what I'm saying because their interests align, they can stay paired and, up. But if it's not, hey, sorry. Which is essentially what Oklahoma and Texas are saying. And you listen to Sankey. We want to be good partners. No, you don't. I know. <laughs> the commissioner of the big of I, the SEC. And I really do think those that are the, just words. The SEC, honestly, megalomania, power is there so you can. Gordon ought to write it. something on that. He's no. lying. <laughs> <laughs> just reform and be the SEC. Have all the biggest brands. You really need anything in the West? Seventy percent of the people live in the Eastern and Central Time Zone. Dominate those. And they're pretty close. We'll get them people there's, to move out your way. There's only a handful of brands. We got left the number one economy need. in the in the world. We're going to invite the Afghan refugees. We're going to we're going to have tons of people here. You just wait. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, we're we are. We're to have five million people by 2050. Great. That's a quarter of LA. Yes, but <laughs> of that quarter. 95% of them are going to be from L.A. You're just trying to mix up numbers <laughs> and mess around right now. No. Yes, you are. Uh, whatever the population is now, and then then, 95% of that population increase is going to be from California. Nope. Nope. Ryan Smith's going to be, re- oh, yes, from California. Not from Southern California. He's going to be recruiting oh, tech people from Northern yeah, California. I didn't say yeah. Southern California. You and your I said regional California. prejudice. I said 20 20 million people in L.A., so 5 million here would be a quarter. Okay, well then, if we want more people, then let's just get half of Mexico in. And then, boom, we got more people here. Boom! And then we got... Boom! You can sell it to... And it's not even a warehouse ad. (laughs) (laughs) There was a point in there somewhere, but... I can't find it now, the and I'm not going to spend the weekend doing it. Monday, and we'll get to it. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hands and Scotty are next. We'll see you Monday.